When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Outside zone, <laughs> my lord. Outside zone. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I said that after the game. I think our team tends to respond to um, doubt, to you know, having that chip on our shoulder, and um, that's the mentality we have to have every week for the next three and it's no different this week you know we're going on the road to play the number one seed in the nfc and um you know i'm sure it's just going to be us believing that we can win and that's the way we like it yeah this is a run first team you got to be able to stop the run they do a really good job first and second down they're uh very similar to our offense in, the re- in regard to its play action pass it's max pro it's shots downfield boots uh run game so uh got to strap up our big boy pads and get ready to play some ball uh this week points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? I'm so glad this game is on a Saturday. If it was like the, because the Packer fans have to wait till the end of the day on Sunday. Could you guys imagine if we had to sit through three other games and wait until the end of the day on Sunday? Or maybe you disagree with me. I am pumped that this game is first out of the gate tomorrow. I'm just pumped that there is Saturday football. Saturday NFL football. I'm glad we're playing. Let's play. Give me Saturday NFL football all year long. Let's just do away with college. Let's just have NFL Saturday and Sunday every week, 17 weeks. I like college football. Put it in my veins. I like college football. Come on, man. You've got to adopt college football football anywhere else you want. Put it it Thursday for, I don't care, man. What if we we moved high school to Thursday? The NFL can. You know what? How about about high school on Wednesday? How about this? How about the big dogs just stop worrying about the little dogs? Just go eat. Oh, that like, happened already. NFL, <laughs> put oh, you your didn't games know? wherever you want oh, to put you, them. You didn't see the, the stuff the Big Ten just pulled? The NCAA will adjust, and then oh. high school football will adjust. It'll trickle down. Nobody's going to die. Football will still be played. Oh, you People missed still it, Rami. Watch. The Big Ten. What? what did the Big Ten do? The Big Ten announced uh, two weeks ago, I believe, that the Iowa Gopher game at TCF Bank Stadium next season will be on a Friday night. They don't give a damn Good. about high Gross. school football. Why? Good. And that's and that's during the high school season, right? Yeah, yeah it's an early gonna, season game. It's going to let it ride. You know what? No, high school on Fridays, regular season college on Saturdays, National Football League on Sundays. It's oh. perfect. It's perfect. I'm just glad we're playing I say football. to hell with all your amateur football. Give me pro football two days a week on the weekend. That's what I want. And Put it in my veins. People <laughs> always rave about how wild card weekend is the one. No, no, no. Divisional round weekend. You it's, get better games, the best teams, and you get two full days. This is football Christmas. 
This weekend is football Christmas. When yes. you talk about the quantity and the quality of the football you get, you're down to the best eight teams. You get football. two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. I'm going to eat so much food. Yes. It's going to be glorious. Yes. Come on. Last weekend was great, though. Football! This weekend, and you got three this weekend games on paper that is were really good. Yeah, but you got three games, and the, the only game, I think there was a bad game that we didn't watch, was Eagle Seahawks, right? Eagle Seahawks was not that good. But Saturday, you got two really fun games. That Patriots game was great to watch. Nobody scored more than like 26 points, though. We're going to get we're gonna get more offense this weekend. We're going to get Lamar games. Jackson, Pat Mahomes. I still Kirk, have great fun. Clutch Kirk yeah. Cousins tomorrow <laughs> against that. Real, real quick, <laughs> we're making our official predictions. Like we're going to talk all about this game all hour long. The phone lines are wide open, and we're going to pose a question here in a second. But 651-646-8255. We'll talk to Joe Fortenbaugh, who's the morning show host on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. He's also a regular contributor on ESPN's Daily Wager on Niners stuff in about 30 minutes from now. Uh, we're going to make our official predictions at 5 o'clock for this game. And we'll flush all that out. And I, I'll save this for 5 o'clock. But in the 30 minutes before we took the mics here, gentlemen, after I had sent the schedule to you guys, mm-hmm. I, did a little, I, had, I had a theory on something, and I did a little digging on it. And my theory was proven correct. I have never felt more strongly about a prediction, a Vikings prediction in a big game. I'm not talking about like when they play the Chargers or something. Like in a big game, I've never felt more strongly than I have in these last 30 minutes. And we will do those predictions at 5 o'clock today. Wow. Ironclad, I can tell you what's going to happen. See what happens when you do show prep, Phil Mackey? Great. Isn't it cool? Amazing. (laughs) Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just just say about a Vikings playoff game, ironclad? Ironclad, my friend. And I'm not not telling you which way. I will tell you that at 5 o'clock. All right. You might cause people to have to run. Run from your radio. So here, here's, here's the question off the top here. What does a Vikings victory tomorrow mean in the big picture? Like, what are what are the things? And it can be more than one thing. But when you think of, let, let's, let's fast forward and say the Vikings pull off this win, a second straight huge road playoff upset, and they are headed to the NFC Championship game. What kinds of things does that mean to you guys? What, is it, what, is it, what does it mean for the Vikings? What does it mean for fans? What does it mean for Kirk Cousins? Start with Robbie. For me personally, I mean, it's being my first year here in Minnesota, it's cool. And for us here at Score North, let's be totally transparent. It's cool and it's good for business. You're the lucky charm, man. Like the twins set the bumble record. I mean, I wasn't I wins. wasn't gonna say it, Phil, but you're right. I'm absolutely the lucky charm and you can thank me. So where's me. the pitching? Look, you got the gophers, you got hey, the lucky twins, the ghost, man. Hey, you got the Vikings. Lucky charm, where's the pitching then? I'm working yeah, where's on Where's the it. basketball team success? Where's the hockey team yeah, success? Yeah, exactly. Baby steps, all right. Okay. I got you Garrison Rosas and a new culture within the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. all right? One Playing th- the best defense in the NBA. One thing at a time. Well. The hockey team, to Judd's delight, finally decided to tank, we think. Although no, they no, keep, no they lucky keep, charm. We're not sure They keep screwing either. that up, but they're trying. They're trying I mean, to take. Judd, he did get us uh, yes. the Winter Classic. I got you the Winter Classic. Okay. I mean, come on, yeah. dude. Okay. What else do you want from okay. me, really? What else, what else can I do for you? Good okay. point, Jonathan. Well, what, what can you deliver tomorrow? That's <laughs> what Vikings fans want to know. <laughs> I think for the Vikings, as, Rami Claus. as an organization, I think this is the game. We talked last week about whether or not Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are safe after this season if, if they don't win that football game. They're, I think the consensus is they're safe now. After beating the Saints... They're safe. I think what might be riding on this game is if you want to talk about Spielman and Zimmer and even Cousins beyond 2020. 
Not just going into next year and saying, well, you still got something to prove to us before we commit to you longer than that. I think you win tomorrow when you go to another NFC championship game. Mike Zimmer's second NFC championship appearance in six years as the head coach coming off a 10 win season. Kirk Cousins in the offense doing what they, what they've done this season and taking a step forward. Rick Spielman, obviously all of that speaks well for him. I think this game might, might determine whether or not the Vikings want to talk long term about those three guys. I think if you get to the conference title game, what this says, and especially if you come back with a performance against San Francisco like you did against the Saints, which was a really nice win, I think it says in some ways that if we go back to the, what the original Cousins plan is, it sort of wor- it worked. Yeah. Because the original Cousins plan, we've grown confused and rightfully so because of, of the initial payday that Kirk got. That Kirk was supposed to be this sort of quarterback god and he was supposed to lead you. Blah. That was never the plan. The original plan was your defense is great. Kirk supplements that and is an improvement on Keenum, which he certainly was against the Saints. He makes some big throws. Yes, he's overpaid, but he also doesn't uh, screw you. And then if you get to a conference title game, and then that conference title game, let's say it's at Seattle. Wilson scares me, but the Seahawks don't scare me. Let's say it's at Green Bay. The Packers are a problematic defensive matchup for the Vikings, but you could certainly beat them. And if you get to, if you get to, I'm not even going to say win, if you get to a Super Bowl, now that plan has worked, especially if Mike's defense continues to play as well as it did against the Saints. So what it would mean to me was after much um after much spirited debate after missing the playoffs in 2018 which was a huge disappointment after not beating really good teams until you beat the Saints in 2019 it would mean to me that you fulfilled the goal that was the goal the day Cousins signed which is our defense can be great our quarterback can be improved not a Hall of Fame quarterback but improved and if you get there, if you get to a conference title game, that sort of fulfills the plan that they foresaw. Yeah, give yourself a chance then too. Uh, what what does it mean to you guys, the fans out there too? Six five one six four six eight two five five phone line Fridays here. We can call it on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, but I think it means two main things in two different lanes here. I think it means I, th- I think it, I think it validates to sort of piggyback off what Judd's saying. I think it validates three people. It validates Kirk Cousins. It, if you if you go back to back road road Saints Niners, and you knock off those two teams, you're not gonna you're not gonna win tomorrow with like Kirk Cousins throwing three interceptions, right? I mean, if they win tomorrow, it'll be in large part because Kirk Cousins plays well in another road spot and back to back. So I think if you win tomorrow, it validates Kirk Cousins. It validates Mike Zimmer. As a motivator, as a schemer, as a guy who can rise up in big moments. And we do pin that NFC Championship game a lot on him for his defense giving up 38 points two years ago. But go back to the, to the Seahawks playoff game. They had that thing won, if not for a kicker. They beat the Saints twice in the playoffs. If they beat the Niners, all of a sudden, now you're looking at Mike Zimmer as a big game coach in the playoffs. And Rick Spielman as a roster builder. So there's a lot of validation on the line tomorrow for me. But the second thing that it means, and this is the one that I'm the most interested in, the Packers and the Vikings have been playing each other for decades. And they've mostly both been really good for like 30 years. The Packers were pretty disastrous in what the... They were, they were amazing in the 50s and the 70s 60s. and 80s, they bottomed out. But so, so they were, so, so they, 20 years of bad football. It was bad for 20 years, but they were amazing when the Vikings came in the league. And for the last 30 years or so, 
The Packers have been slightly better, but the Vikings have been also one of the best teams in the NFC since like the early 90s, late 80s. And yet they've only met in the playoffs twice and never after the divisional round. If the Vikings win tomorrow, it means Packers, you hold serve, and one of the best rivalries in the history of the National Football League plays itself out in Lambeau Field oh, I feel that in the NFC Championship game. I feel that requires game. some sound. Are you saying this is the way to exercise the demons mm-hmm. of the Minnesota Vikings? No, I think he's saying it would just be so much it fun be to be amazing. off the charts. Come on. I've talked to a couple Vikings fans, including uh, our guy Brian down in the cafeteria today, who's he's very much on edge. And he and I said, <laughs> I, I said, listen, if the Vikings the win, greatest. is it affecting his performance? That's the important thing. Is listen, it affecting the chicken his... was a little dry today, okay. Brian. Okay? <laughs> Brian's my touchstone for for a Vikings fan because he's as pessimistic and actually today optimistic, Brian. Optimistic, Brian. Yeah, that's what really? I thought. I said, I feel good. He goes, so do I. Yeah. A little extra dressing on the salad, and then we got scared. A little extra cheese on the sandwich. A little extra rice, really. Oh, and I like an extra helping of rice. Oh, a couple extra carbs there, absolutely for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What I mean. For that marathon you're going to run, Judd. You mean on my couch? <laughs> you mean when I'm dreaming on my couch? <laughs> you're going to carb load tonight to uh, sit around all weekend and watch football. That's why these donuts and muffins are sitting here. <laughs> yeah, but I brought up the scenario. I said, listen, yeah. Brian, if the Vikings win tomorrow. We are rooting for a Packers victory over the Seahawks. Not for like matchup purposes, although I think the Packers are the easier beat than the Seahawks. I would just throw that out there. The environment, the Vikings are familiar with it. The Vikings had the Packers pinned early in the season, if not for Cousins' interception. But he looked at me with like deer in the headlights. He said, I couldn't handle it if the Vikings were to lose that game. You got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that. Let's root for that game to take place first and then worry about the potential heartbreak later. It'll be so much fun. Can I float something by you guys that I brought up on Ventline today about the about a potential Packers Vikings NFC title game matchup that struck me as so weird, but I said it and I think it's absolutely correct and true. If you get there, all right, so a lot has to happen in the next two days. But gentlemen, if you get there, do you realize the conversation is much more so about how does the Vikings offense stop the Packers defense? Like, can you believe that we might get to that game? We're all, we're sort of on the precipice. It might happen. And and Aaron Rodgers is still the Packers quarterback. And yet, if this happens Monday, if we talk about this game, yeah, I'll talk about. You're the saying Packers. the Packers defense stopping the, Packers, the Vikings offense. I'm saying the Packers. No, I'm saying the Vikings offense game planning to stop Zadarius Smith and gotcha. the Packers defense. They have kicked their butt. Yeah, that's, but, never, but how that's weird, never been the conversation. But how weird, <laughs> I think the starting point, because the Packers receivers don't scare you. They really don't. They're okay. Some of them, some I of mean, them stink. I will say this. Almost any receiver scares me now that like the Vikings are down officially so many defensive backs here. And Mackenzie Alexander, IR like two but hours it's ago. Z- but it's Zadarius Smith that actually scares me completely. This guy was a monster in two games. So if we talk about this game, I think the starting point from the Green Bay perspective is going to be how do you contain the Packers' defense so as to protect Cousins that he can make plays? Yeah. So what really what, what, what does what does a potential Vikings win mean to you out there? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Here's our guy Chancy in Fargo. Chancy, what's going on, man? Twenty four hours hey, away uh, from it. Going good, guys. Say so, uh, I'll answer this question two ways. Personally. Uh, for me, it would mean maybe a uh, pretty stressful weekend uh, dealing with 
dealing with uh, he he cut off there. Hold on, we're going to put Chancey on a bad hold. cell reception. Yeah. This is what Chancey is dealing with right now. Or he just started swearing and we dumped him somehow. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. Jonathan, <laughs> is that what happened? No? Okay. I feel like in North Dakota, you know, most of us get five bars at max. Like, North Dakota's capped at three. <laughs> you're like you're mostly dealing with one or two. Let's, uh, let's go to Joe in Omaha. We'll get back to Chancey in a second here. Hey, Joe. Hey, Phil, Judd, Rami. How you guys doing? Good, Good man. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to... Uh, you hear a lot of talk about how the bye week is an advantage for the Niners. And, you know, in reality, when you look at the numbers this year, the I looked up the, the bye week uh, for the NFL teams this year out of 32 NFL teams, and the record coming out of the bye is 11-21. and 21. And Judd was saying earlier that, you know, I think, I think coaches can tend to over-prepare during the bye week, and any advantage you get, you know, uh, as far as health and stuff, um, the, you lose a lot of the rhythm and the flow, and uh, them coming off a of bye week really doesn't scare me at all. Yeah, I think there's something to be said. Thanks for the phone call. There not there something to be said for if you're the Vikings right now, you're feeling it, you just came off this big win, and it's it's a short week, which physically probably impacts you. But you just don't you just kind of want to take that feeling and just get to the next game as quickly as possible, as long as your health comes with. Yeah, but the 49ers needed this bye week. They needed this bye week as badly as any contender in the NFC. When you look at the injuries that that they've dealt with this offseason, not only a did it let them get some of those guys back, including D Ford up front, although his status is questionable, is questionable, and at least how much he'll play or how effective he'll be, I think is a question mark, but. The, these guys, after, because of all the injuries that they had, this was in the ESPN.com 49ers preview, sort of talking about what, what they've been dealing with and what's, what's, uh, what's in, in work for, in the, in the works for them going into this game. And they talk about the fact that Armstead, Buckner, and Bosa combined, because of all the injuries that they had, they went from 124 average snaps per game to in the final six, uh, six games, 162.3, uh, snaps per game, almost 13 more snaps per game per player for three of their best guys up front. So they, those guys needed the rest. The guys who were injured needed the time to get back. Nobody needed this by more than the 49ers. Yeah, and they, they also, didn't they activate, uh, Quan Alexander today as well? Yeah. I believe so he's going to play. But you know what? That whole discussion could go both ways, right? Because you can say, well, yeah, it helps to rest, but then you, you can also say, but, but the Vikings just played a great game. And so the only the only thing that bothers me, and it has nothing to do with what happened in the Superdome against the Saints on Sunday, from the Vikings' perspective, or the the one thing I should say that I'm legitimately concerned about, Thielen. Because like, he's questionable, so I think he's going to try and play for sure, but is he going to be able to get out there and run? Is he going to try to run and the stitches are going to bust? And I don't know. Every play. time I talk about it, people tweet me and tell me I'm stupid for worrying about a football player having to play with stitches in his ankle when he has to run fast and stop um, and cut. Collar told me yesterday off the air, but I'll, I'll share this, that he saw Thielen walking off the field, and this was yesterday, and he was laboring to walk off the field. But right. it's fine. No, so, we're idiots. I hope this is the most so, amazing, like, subterfuge plot. The only thing... All right, Adam. I, I keep coming back to that, though. Drag your leg but, when you're walking. But it's not like the Niners wouldn't completely prepare for him regardless. So, but that's my concern. That's my concern, and and I'm not saying it's going to cost the Vikings the game, but if he can't play or be effective, now you're down to Diggs being taken out of the game, so does B.C. Johnson step into that role? That's a lot to ask of the kid. Do you get your tight ends more involved? That becomes my question. Maybe it's the Irv, Irv Smith game, if that I happens. I wouldn't mind that. All right, Chansey, how are we doing? We got a couple bars of cell phone here. 
<laughs> I don't know. Can you guys hear me better now? We'll try, yeah. Fire away. All right. Well, here's what I think a Vikings win means. If they play the Packers, it sets up the chance for more Vikings lore. All the way back from 98 to 2009 to a wide left Blair Walsh kick to a Minnesota miracle. It's just going to set up one more Vikings moment where the Purple Nation shows that, uh, yeah, P.J. Fleck, cute season, twins, cute season, but uh, the Vikings are number one in this town, and it is not even close, and a whole new younger generation of fans will jump on that heartbreak train that's the Vikings no matter what. Wait, so, so Chancey, are you, are you, you're saying if they win this game tomorrow that you're certain they lose if, the, if, if, if it's them and the Packers? You're saying it's a certainty that they lose that game? Oh, absolutely not. I just think I love following the Vikings. I've been a Vikings fan for as long as I can remember, but Moss really broke me in in 98 and brought us on that uh, that trip and ride, and there's a lot of fans that fill the stadium now that got on the team's back on 98. And either way, whether it's the Miracle game or the letdowns, it's all just part of being a Vikings fan. I, I could see them easily beating the Packers and uh, getting to the Super Bowl, or I could see them easily missing a field goal in Lambeau as the clock expires to not get there. Either way, it's going to reestablish the uh, Vikings as the ticket to be in town, the number one team, and it's not even close, like I said. And I guess on a personal note, uh, with a Packers fan wife, what it might mean is a lot of tension and taunting going into the week (laughs) and then uh, deciding if I'm on the couch or not at the end of the night uh, next Sunday uh, if I'm being too much of a smart aleck. So that's probably another personal note that will happen, but... I am very excited for the game. I see a Vikings win tomorrow. I see a low-scoring game, but uh, I guess I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. Hey, Chancey. Hey, Chancey. Yeah. Plan on going couch. <laughs> Just plan on going couch right now. Yeah. Just I'll accept that. It's fine. She loves you. You love her. Just plan on going couch. <laughs> Sounds good, John. Thanks a lot. All right, no problem. Sports, sports Dad's here for old people, too. Yep. Let's go to Andrew in Kentucky. What would a Vikings win tomorrow mean to you, mean to the Vikings, mean for the big picture? Uh, yeah, so uh, I want to say that first-time caller, and I've been listening to you guys for about three months now. Love you guys. Y'all are the best in the business by far, in my opinion. Dude, wow. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Very nice. Uh, second off, and we um, I've been watching the Vikings since Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, et cetera, and for me – this, I'm more nervous about this game than any game we've ever played. I was way too confident in the Vikings-Eagles game two years ago, and that turned out very poorly. Yeah. But from my standpoint, for Mike Zimmer, when I look back at his consistency over the course of the past five years and how well he's done, from my standpoint, he's the best coach I've seen from my lifetime, I guess, uh, with the Blair Walsh missed field goal, uh, with being 13-3 and with Case Keenum, uh, in a top defense, his consistency on defense, even though this year pass defense isn't so great, still scoring defense is phenomenal, run defense is good. And if you look at the talent over the course of the past five years, it's not just we've picked up good players, we have developed good players. I mean, look at players like Anthony Harris and Anthony Barr, which may not have lived up to potential yet, but he's still doing pretty decent. Eric Kendricks, of course, one of the top linebackers in the NFL. Uh, point is, is that even if we lose this game, I still feel like Mike Zimmer has much left in the tank, even though he's a little bit older. Uh, but if anything, we'll see what happens with the Cleveland Browns situation and their coach. But hopefully Stefanski will stay in the long term and, and Zimmer will get an extension and we'll see how that plays out. But my prediction to, uh, for tomorrow's game, honestly, 
I see it as a 10-point win for the Vikings. I see Jimmy G just having a rough time with Daniil and with Griffin. If you look at the stats, he's one of the highest sack players in the second half of the season. And Jimmy G is kind of similar to Kirk Cousins when it comes to throwing the ball in pressure. He throws some bad throws. And I think he has double the amount of picks as Cousins does, I think about 13 or so in comparison to six. So I see, honestly, I see a heck of a game from Harrison Smith tomorrow, but also I see a top game from Daniel Hunter. I'm predicting it'll be, honestly, 23-13 Vikings. There it thank is. Thank you again, guys. Right on, man. Andrew, thank you for the kind words, and thank you for calling the show. We'll make our predictions in 30 minutes, by the way. <laughs> I know, I know that this is like mojo, voodoo, whatever you want to call it, but doesn't it seem like once everybody starts to buy into the Vikings, that's when they go and fall flat on their face. We've now had, what, two, three calls of people saying that the Vikings are going to win this game. We had the entire group on Get Up this morning predicting that the Vikings were going to win this football game. Don't you know? <laughs> you know, I did a radio show in Minnesota this weekend. We all picked against them last week, and they screenshotted that and put it up on their Twitter feed. So maybe they won't do this one, or I don't know, one way or the other. We'll see. I'm stunned by these picks. <laughs> don't you guys feel like this is maybe bad mojo? Like it's better if, if we all think. You mean they, just because we all pick the Twins to beat the Yankees? It's better if everybody thinks they have no chance, us included, and our callers. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Na- name a time where Vikings fans got. Last little... year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Chancey's call Chancey's call was very fair, though, because Chancey, you, you can tell he's been a longtime fan of this team because he very matter-of-factly laid out the whole thing of, I could see them going into Green Bay and winning, and I could see a missed field goal breaking our hearts, but he didn't say it in like, a, oh my God, it's going to happen way. I think that's I think it's very fair. And, and I do think, and we, we've gotten a few of these calls on Ventline throughout the course of this week, too. Among the optimistic fans, there's also the long-term Vikings fans who are like, something's going to go go wrong. And I finally stopped one today, and I said, you're doing this as, as reverse psychology, right? Like, you're saying this not because you really believe what you're saying, but you're telling me this because you're trying to, to reverse what could go wrong here. Yeah. And I, I think it was Dave, and Dave basically said, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and by the way, we're going to get to more calls here and, and get more opinions from fans. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on what's going to happen tomorrow and what a win would mean. So if you're on hold right now, stay on the line. We are going to catch up with our friend Joe Fortenbaugh to get a 49ers perspective. And just, I, I'm curious to know, we kind of know what the angst level is here. I want to know what the level of angst and or confidence is from the Bay Area right now. Is there angst in the Bay Area? I feel like I everybody know. there is just chill and just chilled out, laid back. They've got like, titles. Hey, They've got titles too. If they win, they win, dude. I, I think if you've got, I think if you've got, I think if you've got titles too, you chill more, don't you? You do, yeah. When you've got like a case full of trophies from the eighties and the nineties, yeah, I think you're, you're like whatever. In theory, you should be, you should be good. Also, it's legal there. Everybody's just chill, bro. Easier to get over those exactly. Hard losses, Everybody's too. just maxing and relaxing. Yeah. So we'll uh, hit the beach. We'll talk to our laid back friend Joe Fortenbaugh when we come back here to Mackie and Joe with Rami and our official predictions in about thirty minutes from right now. One of our sponsors on this show provides insurance. That would be Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Now they aren't going to be able to provide insurance for Adam Thielen's ankle or uh, for like Kirk Cousins' performance tomorrow, but. They will help you if you're a business owner in one of these different industries. Auto services, cabinet and custom woodworking, 
Retailers, wholesalers, contractors, dealerships, even funeral services, machine, plastics, and tooling. Federated is all about peace of mind as a business owner. When something happens to the company that you built, you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get back on with running your business. You need that frontline protection that Federated Mutual Insurance Company brings to the table. They will create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for your business. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Also, I've loved driving around in these wintry conditions the last couple months in this brand-new 2019 RAV4 XLE uh, four-wheel drive for the first time, at least on a daily basis. I've like rented cars with four-wheel drive, but it's kind of a game-changer when you get those safety features that Toyota's provide, state-of-the-art safety features. Uh, if you haven't seen the new Highlander right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota, you can uh, check those out. Open until 9 o'clock tonight. A bunch of 2020 Highlanders in stock and on special right now. Also, 0% interest on all remaining 2019 Highlanders. I love Toyotas because they're durable, they are safe, they get great gas mileage, and I love Luther Brookdale Toyota because they have great people, knowledgeable, expert level people that don't talk down to you. They don't they don't give you you know dishonest assessments when it comes to service. It is uh, it's just a joy working with the people at Luther Brookdale Toyota, as my family and I have for thirty plus years. Six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard. Download Jonathan here with this hour's download. Score North is all in for Vikings 49ers. Join Mackie and Judd for a special pregame show beginning tomorrow at 1 p.m. leading up to kickoff plus Vikings Ventline. Taking your calls immediately after the game and a three-hour special aftermath show on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Watch the game anywhere. Talk about it right here on Score North, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The injuries keep piling up or the injury news keeps getting worse for the Vikings. Vikings safety J. Ron Curse has been downgraded to out for the 49ers game tomorrow, cornerback Mackenzie Alexander was placed on IR after having knee surgery on Thursday. That's been your score on download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Mackie and Judd with Rami. As Jonathan said on the Score North app, free to download, Rami. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, so, yeah, someone keeps mentioning that. That's yeah, crazy. For like, now. ad nauseum. For now. Right. Like, there's just some dude who will not shut up about how free that thing is. Yeah. Thank God no one complains about that I guy know. over-promoting things. I know. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, tomorrow, 1 o'clock to 3.30, Judd and I, two and a half hour pregame show, and then taking your calls right after the game is over late into the night. Let's get some perspective from the West Coast. Joe Fortenbaugh, morning show host on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. and He's also a regular contributor on a show we have up almost every day in the studio here on our TCL TV's ESPN's Daily Wager. Joe, thank you for coming on the show here. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Judd. It's great to speak with you, Phil. Whatever. <laughs> Joe, I feel the same exact way about you and Phil. <laughs> Robbie here is a good guy, but I'm with you. Great to talk to you, too. Hi, you. Thanks a lot for having me on, boys. I appreciate it. Phil's a good dude. I love busting his chops. I'm, uh, I, did, I think you guys are probably in the same boat as me. We've been talking about this game all week. It's <laughs> outstanding that we have finally reached the point where we're inside 24 hours. We wake up tomorrow. We got to kill off a few hours. We maybe have a few beers. And then we move into game time. No matter how it plays out, it's great that both of our teams here are in the postseason and playing in the divisional round. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. First game out of the gate tomorrow, and 
I can tell you from just for myself personally for three and a half decades watching uh, lead up to Vikings playoff games. Judd goes back even further than that. There's a lot of angst and and gnashing of teeth and hand wringing every time the Vikings have a playoff game because the only thing we know in this town for a half century is the Vikings having the rug ripped from underneath their feet. The Vikings are always wild e coyote in this cartoon. Um, so we're all sort of we're all sort of cautious going into playoff games. What's the vibe from the 49ers fan base perspective when you have you know, just a rack room of trophies and like, do 49ers fans even sweat games like this? Oh boy. You got to understand the perspective out here right now. Now, first and foremost, there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of excitement and it's for very good reason. This has been a very bad franchise for a few years now. Um, they had something special. They, they were on something special with Jim Harbaugh, three straight trips to the NFC championship game. And then between Harbaugh and the owner, Jed York, and the general manager, Trent Baalke, they couldn't get along. The whole thing collapsed, and after that was a series of disgraces. I think they were like something like 17-47 and 47 up until this season. You had the Jim Tom Sula one-and-done disaster, the Chip Kelly one-and-done disaster, and then in come Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Trent Baalke's finally replaced. You have your dynamic duo. You give them matching six-year contracts, and then you hope they can turn this thing around. And throughout the process, the first two years, There have been injuries. There have been setbacks. There have been missed picks, bad trades, bad signings. But there's also been some good stuff. But the reality is the fan base has been very hesitant. And this comes at a time when you opened a new stadium in 2014, which for those great people in the Midwest who don't understand what's going on out here, the stadium is not in San Francisco. Um, Candlestick Park used to be right there. It was in Hunter's Point. It was right near downtown. It was It was. I don't know, I could ride my bike down the street and get to it in probably 10 to 15 minutes. But now, Jed York moved the, moved the stadium all the way down to Santa Clara. That's 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. That is not San Francisco. That is Silicon Valley. And they put that team there to take advantage of the Silicon money, which from a business perspective is smart, but it alienated and offended the fan base. So there's been a lot of hostility towards ownership for a while, and then here comes this season. Garoppolo gets healthy. A lot of people looking at him with a weary eye. And between what he's done and what the team has done this season, there's a ton of excitement. So make no mistakes about it. People are fired up just to finally be back to a point where they're respectable, where they're not the laughing stock, where they're not embarrassing. What was the reception like for Jimmy Garoppolo when first acquired by the Niners, and how much has that moved, whether backwards or forwards, in the time that he's been there? It's moved a lot, and it's been sports talk radio gold, as you guys would know, because the quarterback's always going to be a big topic. And when it's a guy like Garoppolo who brings the men and the women together, you know what I'm talking about there, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's always a good A1 story. When he came in, people were – everyone was trying to figure out what the heck was going to happen at quarterback. Again, it was very, it was a very unique situation. You had Kaepernick here, but you had the anthem situation – you had Blaine Gabbert. You had the Kaepernick injuries. No one was, was sure what was going on. Brian Hoyer, C.J. Beathard, and no one was clear. You just figured the quarterback of the future was either going to come through the draft or it was going to be Kirk Cousins. I mean, that was a huge story based on Cousins' contract situation and his ties to Kyle Shanahan from the time in Washington. And then out of absolutely nowhere – Jimmy Garoppolo shows up for a second-round pick, and then we get the Seth Wickersham story from ESPN um, a few weeks later about the fallout and why that happened and what was going on with Brady and Belichick. 
So this guy comes in, and instantly a lot of people are trying to figure out who is he. You know, we don't know anything about him, so you got to educate everyone. And I remember being asked from the beginning, you know, what do you think of the guy? And it's, I can't tell you much. I didn't watch him at Eastern Illinois. He's only played a handful of games for the Patriots. But I'll tell you this, if Bill Belichick liked him, that's good enough for me. I mean, if the greatest head coach to ever do it thought this guy was the heir apparent to Tom Brady, I'm willing to give it a chance. And in the first year, people were cautious because if you guys remember week one at Minnesota, the Vikings hammered him and the Niners. The defense was suffocating in that game. And then uh, the, the Niners came home. They barely squeaked one out against Detroit. It was controversial. Garoppolo had a couple bad plays. And then they went to Kansas City and he got hurt. And a lot of people thought it was a waste of money that they had signed him. But now everything obviously has gotten to a point where people realize he is the franchise and they're in good hands. Attractive man, too, Joe. Attractive man. Oh, yeah. God, we all wish we were him. Come on now. Oh, exactly. have, you, have you been in a room with him? Have you seen him in person? Well, you're does asking it, him. Does Rami, it, does ask, it, does ask it, what Rami, you're thinking. Have you seen him naked, Joe? Rami, he doesn't look, he's not looking down. <laughs> no, I'm just... The face. I'm only talking about the face. Does it hold uh-huh. up in person? Is he yeah. that handsome now a man? The face. Yeah. Look, he is... He he lights up the room. I remember uh, years ago when, when USC throttled Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl way back. I want to say it was like 05. Uh, it was a national championship game. It was, at, it was in Miami. I was at that game, and I was in the club level at one point. I don't know how I snuck into it, but Brad Pitt was there. And I saw Brad Pitt, and I remember thinking, my God, like you can tell this dude is something the way he like just controls the room. Like I'm a married heterosexual man, but you see Brad Pitt, and you're like, my God, I – this, he and I are not the same thing. We are not. Both. <laughs> <laughs> like there is, there is no way. I'm in that classification, but some scientists got that wrong. Similar situation with Garoppolo. I mean, you see the guy. He's t- it's like, why do you get the tan, the athleticism, and the smile? Like, why do you get all that? Like, mm-hmm. you can, like Peyton Manning. You can be a great quarterback, but you got to look a little goofy. Like, you got to have one knock. Andrew Luck. Like guys like Garoppolo and Brady. Goofy looking guy. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Goofy. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Yeah, you can be the athlete, you can be the star, you can make all the money, you can be smart and likable, but you can't also be handsome. Like, you can't have all of it. So, yeah, Garoppolo, and the thing is, all the girls love Garoppolo, too. Every time he comes on TV, it's like the one time no one's going to blame you for watching football is when they're doing those introductions, and it's like, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eastern Illinois, and suddenly my wife is now into the game. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, Joe, conspiracy, yeah. conspiracy th- theory that goes to the Belichick decision to trade Jimmy uh, to San Fran. And I've said this for a few months now, and I have no idea if it's correct or not, but Belichick is such a vindictive SOB that my theory was I love this theory. that Belichick Belichick thought to himself, Brady's gonna, going to want to try to play past his time here. I don't want him here until uh, he is, let's say, 45. If I give Garoppolo basically in a really good deal to to San Fran, that's going to tie up the Niners starting quarterback spot, thereby cutting Brady off from going back to the one team that he grew up loving and probably would have been desperate to play for, that this was all an elaborate Belichick plan to screw Brady and to make sure that he could never wear the same jersey that Joe Montana wore. What do you think of that conspiracy theory? I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a good conspiracy theory. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. There are a couple things that it's. we got to take a couple leaps towards the end of that. Um, number one would be by the time Brady, what would be the timeline that Brady would finally walk away where he would join the Niners? Because they would have eventually needed to get a quarterback in place, which could have been Cousins. So I wonder if that would have worked out. The other part of it that I like 
um, or that 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 kind of hurts the theory is that because Belichick had such immense respect for Mike Shanahan, Kyle's father, that's why he called San Francisco first. He wanted to get him out of the conference, and he did a favor for a former friend, or I should say, a current friend, former head coach. But but I don't know that for sure. So don't allow that to destroy the conspiracy theory. Very much enjoy the conspiracy theory. And you're right. It does keep him out. I mean, that Bob Kraft sided with Tom Brady in that scenario. And now look where they are. Garoppolo is still playing. Brady's out. They're not sure what's going to happen in New England, but Brady's not going to get better. All season long, every mistake on offense was pinned on somebody else. The receivers aren't good enough. The line isn't good enough. Brady wasn't very good. You know, everyone blames Edelman on that second and six for dropping the ball, which they should blame him. He needed to catch that. But on the next third down, Brady threw a bad pass. He had a receiver. They could have made the play. He threw a bad pass because he felt pressure. So he's earned that. He's earned the right for everyone to blame the guys around him rather than him. But I do like the conspiracy theory because Belichick had it set up. He drafted the guy. Garoppolo showing he could have been the guy. And Kraft decided to side with Brady. I can't say I fault him, but now you're going to pay the price for that. Yeah, uh, Joe Fortenbaugh is our guest here on Mackie and Judd with Rami from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, also from ESPN's Daily Wager. What do you, Joe, think about the Minnesota Vikings? What do you think about Mike Zimmer? What do you think about Kirk Cousins? I like them. It's a well-run football team. It's exactly what you would expect a playoff team to look like. They're well-coached, they play defense, and they can run the football. right? Like I give Houston no chance in Kansas City this weekend, and I grew up in the Philadelphia area rooting for the Eagles, loving Andy Reid, but I know Andy Reid can can come up with big meltdowns in big spots, but I still don't give Houston a chance. They don't play defense. They don't run the ball particularly well. They have a head coach who makes a lot of bad decisions. I don't give them a lot of confidence. I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in that game. But if you look at Minnesota, I got plenty of confidence in them. I mean, Kirk Cousins last week, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. You don't need me to recap what he just did in New Orleans and what that means for his resume. And it was kind of a bunk resume a bit with everyone knocking him because he couldn't make plays and win on Monday night. The Seattle game was not his fault. Like, I love the fact that that Seattle game on Monday night, everyone was jumping quick to the narrative of Kirk Cousins not winning in primetime. That game was not his fault. Like, there are games where he's played poorly. The Packer game's one of them. But the, the, the Seattle game, he was good enough to win. It was everyone around him that let him down for the most part. So this is exactly what you would expect in a playoff team this time of year in this situation. they got an experienced head coach. They can play some defense. They can run the ball. They, they, they showed the ability to win big last week. The one thing I would say that has me gravitating towards San Francisco, and I know the listeners hear this and say, all right, here comes the Niner homer. He's going to make the pick to the Niners. First of all, from Eastern Pennsylvania, the Niners are not my team. Second of all, I think you're in a really bad spot this weekend. I just had a gambler. This is an awful, awful spot for Minnesota. You got six days to get ready for this game. You had to play on the road in New Orleans. You can barely enjoy a minute of that before you got to turn around, fly home, uh, get your treatment, get your game plan ready, get back to work, six days, and then you're back on a plane, you're coming out to San Francisco to play the Niners. The Niners have had two weeks to get ready. They're playing at home. The Vikings are a dome team that played a lot of dome road games. Outdoors this year, two and four straight up, two and four against the spread. Meanwhile, you're coming to play on the, on the grass in Santa Clara. Just from a, a completely unbiased, situational perspective, there's a lot Minnesota has to overcome in this game. There's a lot. The six days thing versus two weeks is very big. And that's why it doesn't surprise me when you see one and two seeds who get by 
winning big games the following week. Now, that's not to say Minnesota can't get it done, but you got to protect Cousins, number one. you got to protect Cousins in this game. Sorry, Joe's, Joe's phone is, is breaking up a little bit there, and it was, it was hanging on by a thread. Well, let's, Jonathan, check in with him real quick because we'll, we'll get him back on to say goodbye. Um, but, but like all the things he's listing, the things that the Vikings have to overcome, that is a valid list. I mean, in yeah. short week versus long week, gra- the, the grass thing is something we haven't talked a lot about on this show, but the Vikings against good teams on grass under Mike Zimmer and forever aren't that good. Um, but that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that one time it can't happen for the Vikings tomorrow. But in general, the Vikings have been bad on grass. Let's go back here, Joe. I think we got, the cell phone thing figured out here. Joe, 30 more seconds. Uh, we, we lost you as you were telling us all the things the Vikings have to overcome tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And I think because of the spot, it, 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 it's very troublesome for me to think Minnesota is going to be able to pull it off because of all that. If you are able to protect Kirk Cousins, the one thing I want to throw at you is this stat. If D. Ford is able to play tomorrow, and he's been out since the New Orleans game, D. Ford and Nick Bosa, when they're on the field together this year, the Niners have 24 sacks in 164 snaps. When one or both of those players is off the field, the team still has 24 sacks, but it takes 801 snaps to get there. It shows you the impact of the pass rush with D. Ford versus without D. Ford. Quan Alexander and Joukowsky Tartar back as well. It's going to be tough, but with the way the Vikings have been playing football, I I don't doubt them for a second in this game. Football. There he is. Joe Fortenbaugh from the game in San Francisco, ESPN's Daily Wager, and uh, we are now less than 24 hours away. We're pumped. Thank you for coming on and bringing the insight and the energy. We really appreciate it, Joe. Anytime. My pleasure, boys. I apologize for the cell phone connection. won't happen again. Uh, uh, you're fired. You're fired. Yeah, that's, it for you. <laughs> that's it for you. Ruthless Phil Mackey, Joe. Thanks. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> See you, boys. All right. Uh, thanks to Joe for coming. To your on. point, uh, I, I just found this uh, on a quick Google search. After the Vikings lost to Kansas City at that point in time, which was what November, correct? Mm-hmm. At that point in time, the Vikings were winless in fourteen games outdoors on the road versus teams with winning records since two thousand fourteen. So basically, since Mike started, o thirteen and one in those games and lost by an average of ten points per game. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I mean it's it is a thing and. It's it's sort of explainable in part because you practice in a field house for the most part. You also you're like you're you're not practicing on that grass surface on a regular basis, and then you play at home on an artificial surface with no wind, and then you go to those conditions, and if things are off by a tick, you know you're not able to just naturally overcome them. I've played on both guys, never affected me. Just saying, it's good to know. Flag football, your record's good. Yeah, good to know. What just, position do you play in I'm, flag football? I'm just as fast. On on grass as I am on turf, guys. Are you like the one guy in flag football where your team is like, can you just block, actually? <laughs> He's the guy who was told by we'll his doctors to stop running, so my guess is... Running for exercise. Is, yes. It's repeated impact, So if you have to John. run from somebody, you're okay? Yes, I can run. I am capable of running. It's, okay. it's just the wear if and tear. Here, not very fast at If all Rami knocks off a convenience store, he's allowed to run. <laughs> if he's exercising, no running. I think I win a race on this show. Of everybody in this studio, I think I win a race. I got to say. A no, foot no, race. No, 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 foot no, no, race, no. yeah. I on think so. Show? Yes. No. 40 yard There's dash. There's some speed burners on this 40 show. 40 yard dash. I don't know how. Right Wait, now. Line it up. Right now. Line it We've up. We've got that long hallway down there. I think we need to do this after the show. Let's time it. So you're saying you're uh-huh. saying that your doctor has told you. I'm wearing you, jeans. I can't. 
I was going to say. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> My shoes are all wrong. These aren't the right conditions. All right, Jonathan, I'll race you then. Right. These two. I think Mackie. I think Mackie might. I think Mackie might win right now. Well, let me let me let me ask. There's this, a though. difference between Jonathan. Sprinting. I give you no chance. The only reason but I can't either, so I can't fault. run for exercise because it's repeated impact. That has an effect on my knees, but I can sprint forty yards. I do, you know. I do. Uh, Are you in pain then? No, I'm okay. fine. It's repeated impact. I'm envisioning like the end of the end of Major League, where uh, what's his name, the catcher drops down the bunt, and he's running toward first base, and Rami's running in slow motion down the hallway. I'm going Jake Taylor, Chariots of Fire, trips to his knees. Rami and Chariots of Fire. Da, 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 da. By the way, I checked. I challenged my co-host to a race in, uh, in Milwaukee and lost. I lost. What, Leroy the, Butler? No. Sparky? Yeah, Steve Sparky <laughs> Pfeiffer beat me in a race. It's embarrassing. You can go and see the video. But he fell at the end and broke a rib, so really I won. He broke a rib? Yeah. What? Which, okay, which one of us three is most likely to fall and break a rib? Uh, Judd, I would say Judd. It might be me. Yeah. Yeah. Which one would run? Probably Judd. I'm too old to run. Oh, my God. No, don't ask me to run. 651-646-8255. Our official predictions on this game coming up mm-hmm. in b- about five to eight minutes or so. Uh, but the question of the hour here, Aaron and St. Paul, what would a Vikings win tomorrow mean to you and mean for the Vikings? Well, um, first of all, I want to say you guys are doing an awesome job. I uh, appreciate you guys coming back on. Thanks, Aaron. What it means for... Um, the coach and the GM, I think, first off, it means an obvious extension. Um, I mean, who else is actually out there coaching-wise, man? Zim is, you guys said it earlier, I mean, we had the Seattle game with the missed field goal. Uh, we had the Philly. The Philly one, I think, is the, the one that really hurts him, but I don't, I don't see us getting rid of him. Um, as far as the team goes, I think there will still be questions to answer next year about how huge would this be for us to get back to an NFC Championship game I mean, that would just be massive. But but my last thing, really, and I want to see what you guys really think on this last one, is, is what it would mean for the fans. The, the thing I've been thinking about all week, man, is, you know, the emoji, like the mind-blowing emoji, if, if we were to make it back and, and play the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, that, that mind-blowing emoji is me all week. Like, I don't know how I can wrap my head around the fact that I have to deal with, you know, friends, family members, my brother-in-law, who's a diehard Packer fan. Yeah. It'd be so much fun, though, man. How much fun would it be to go to Green Bay, um, to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, that that just—it's crazy to think about, and it'd be—it would be so much fun. So, oh. I, I'm excited, man. Aaron, thank you for the phone call. That is what we should all be rooting for. I'm with you completely. We're all Packers and Vikings fans this weekend. Come on, and it's not because I'm—I—I I, I think it would somehow exercise demons from the Vikings past so much as I just think it would be such a. Just a great fun matchup. Oh my god! At Lambeau Field, where Vikings fans would travel, oh, it would be a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's go to Mike in Burnsville. What would a win mean, Mike? It would mean a lot to me because after if they would lose, I don't have to eat two big pizzas and then sit in the fetal position on my couch for three hours. I, mean, I, I was planning one. on doing that regardless. Wait, you, actually, you only eat the pizzas if they lose. Explain. Mike, why? Well, just to help me get over it. Oh, so you're eating your feelings. So, like, would you, I get it. I've been there. Would you be crying, too? But I, I didn't go into the fetal position for two hours after the two years ago because, I mean, they just got crushed. So it's been since 2009 since right. I've done it. Okay. And there's, there's one thing I just want all my Vikings fellow fans to remember that a lot of teams have Super Bowl wins and titles, but one team in the NFL – that cannot have a candle held to it as the Vikings when it comes to off and on the field events. And I just put together a few. There's so many more. 
take a knee, Millard's, my guns are bigger than yours, Weeping Blondes, Les Steckles, Pecos Ridge, Bonding Trip, and Poopy Diaper Speech, Percy Harvard and Throwing Weights at Childress, Wizenator, Love Boat, Smoot in the Stairwell, Bloody Stuffed Cats, Moss and the Meter Maid and Caterer. Uh, hey, Mike, just one, one small fix there. Not Smoot, Dwight Smith. Oh, maybe they were both there. No, no, Smoot, Smoot organized the boat tour. Oh, Dwight Smith totally would have been there. Dwight though. Smith was in the stairwell with, with uh, his friend from, I believe, Wisconsin. Dwight Smith but was mad amazing. that he wasn't there. There's not one team in the NFL that even comes close to And like I said, that's just off the top of my head that's that good. I wrote down. Yeah. I well, hesitate to ask. Actually, Which one? I, yeah, hold on. Uh, Mike, thank you for the phone call. No. Which one? Bloody bloody stuffed cats? Yeah. Excuse me? Oh, that was the Zim thing. Explain that to yes. Rami. I what love happened? when we get to explain these things. What happened? Okay, so when 2016, they got off to <laughs> five and start? Five and start? Correct? Zim's crazy, man. And, and then the bye came. Yeah. And he got, and he supposedly got this idea from Parcells about fat cats. Yeah. So before, before they left for the bye week, he supposedly brought in... Stuff well, like the old animal saying, cats. Cats get fat. Cats yeah. get lazy. Yes, right. and but then, but then there was some perhaps misreporting about the fact that he mutilated said stuffed cats, which after the fact we don't believe to be true, but at the fact at the time sounded great, sounded great, and that there was some type of fake blood involved, but we now don't believe that that was true. But he definitely brought in um, stuffed cats at with the. Example that you just said, which is fat cats get slaughtered or or whatever the phrase is. Fat cats get lazy. Okay. Well, whatever it is, it supposedly yeah, fat, had some it's, blood. It's fat pigs that get slaughtered. Yes. And then chopped off. Fat cats are just. And then chopped off heads, and it wasn't good. <laughs> but, but he got, really he, got, he got really mad. He got really mad and did like two press conferences on how the reporting on that was incorrect. Is he Ozzy Osbourne? What are we doing here? <laughs> He's just eating bats. Guys, we're going to go to San Francisco. I mean, he might, have some good, he might have some good points, Rami. I thought you were going to ask about Dwight Smith and the stairwell, which is a whole other story. I'd, I'd like to hear that one, too. Yeah, Let's just say that uh, Dwight blocky. Smith uh, enjoyed himself some female company in a blocky stairwell downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, which was... Oh, um, which it was, was much like your airplane bathroom situation. Which was... Not mine. Let's not misrepresent... <laughs> What, what the issue, the issue was the whole thing was caught on a recorder from the security camera that the Minneapolis police then got their hands on. So yeah, I think Dwight Smith waved at it. <laughs> oh. we, we make our Good official call. predictions and we we uh, attempt to tell you what's going to happen in this game when we come back here. And like I like I've been telling you all hour, I feel more strongly about the outcome of this game than in any coin flippy type Vikings like I'm not talking about Vikings versus crappy Lions teams like Vikings tough games what's going to happen I'm going to tell you what's going to happen you guys are going to tell me what's going to happen the audience can chime in at 651-646-8255 I'll shave other parts of my body that's we're good, right, no, okay. we're good on can that we stop? Yep, okay. we're good on that okay. let's just stop okay all right you got to make it weird man yeah. I'll shave a horseshoe no 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 no, 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 no uh, anytime you want to stop Rami yeah, we're, uh, we're definitely good there Definitely good. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, I definitely didn't know for sure uh, when he called the play, it was coming to me. Uh, but when I lined up and had press coverage and single high, I, I had a good chance. You know, I, I, I've been around Kirk now for a little bit. 
I usually know when he's going to push the launch button. And uh, so I, I was thankful he did and, and gave me a chance. And, uh, I mean, what a ball. I mean, it, it could have been in a better place. And I know that's cliche to say, but it, it's the truth. I mean, he, he dang near caught that thing for me. So, uh, you know, he was a, a big-time player and, and a big-time game. And uh, it, I, I loved his response to it after the game in the locker room, which is pretty fun. That's Adam Thielen talking over some 70s porn music, as Judd pointed out. During <laughs> put that ball in the perfect <laughs> place, you know. I'll put that ball in the perfect place. That's right. That's right. right Once my again, hands. making things awkward. Appreciate no, that. the music made it awkward. I only capitalized on the music. <laughs> you just saw an opportunity. Thank you. He's not Very opportunistic. Stuff, uh, these upcoming official predictions for Vikings 49ers powered Judd Zolgad by Minnesota Home Talk. And that's exactly right, because my friend Jason Walgrave will guarantee the sale of your home when you list it with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. Go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn how this program works. Take the pressure off your move this spring with the Guaranteed Sale program from the Walgrave Real Estate Group. All right, boys. Official predictions for Vikings 49ers. And we have three phone lines open right now, 651-646-8255. You want me to start? Fire away. Want me to start off? Sure. Yesterday, I was at about 50-50. Did some more analysis, a little more research today. Do I remember last week? I brought this up on Score North Live today. I read a number to you that made you make a face that you only make when something legitimately surprises or impresses you. And it's your bottom lip going out. Yeah. And you're just nodding. Doing it right now. He's doing Uh it right now. Uh And the stat was, the stat was, 10 wins, 6 seeds since 2013. We're 6-2 and two in the wild card round of the playoffs. That made me feel pretty good about the Vikings' chances. Like teams that have exactly 10 wins? 10 wins, 6... No, 6 seeds who have won 10 games oh, or more. Okay, okay. In the uh, wild card round, we're 6-2 and two since 2013. I have a number that's not quite as staggering, so it might not make Judd's bottom lip go out. Phil's bottom lip is already out. Jimmy Garoppolo is the 10th quarterback to make his postseason debut for a number 1 seed under the current playoff format. The previous nine are four and five. Mm. First time starting QBs mm. in the divisional round of the playoffs don't really fare too well. And I think the Vikings, I think Mike Zimmer draws up some stuff to contain George Kittle, to put the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. The Vikings get up earlier, which makes it even easier to put the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. You feed Dalvin Cook, and Vikings win 27 to 23. This guy right here. Guy right here. All right, Rami's got Vikings twenty-seven twenty-three. Judd. Uh so full disclosure here, I unveiled my pick in paragraph twelve of a column that I posted on scorenorth.com this afternoon. So it's out there. It's out there and it's been consumed. But for those of you who don't have yet had not a time to go to scorenorth.com, where you obviously can read this column for free, although I'm trying to rectify that. In paragraph twelve, last paragraph, I have I'm very close to my partner here. Rami Makalov in the score. Vikings 27, San Francisco 21. Wow. I, I, I'm I with you on the Garoppolo thing. I just, when you make Drew Brees look that pedestrian, and I know the the ingredients for stopping Garoppolo and Brees are totally different potentially, but when you make Drew Brees look that lost for four quarters of, of a football game, I'm hard-pressed to think now that you're going to come back and be like, ah, it'll work again and not do something else, right? And so if you can do that, and if you could play a physical game 
And I, I think it also comes back to what we discussed on Ventline today, and I think we brought up on the show yesterday. Okay, let's say George Kittle catches 12 passes, but if he doesn't get the yak, if you hold him from the yak, okay, he catches 12 passes, but he doesn't kill you. No. Which I think you can do. Dalvin Cook can run. I think the Vikings win. Actually, I was listening to, I, I, I've just been consuming so many NFL podcasts this week, just inject all of it into my veins, and the Ringer NFL show had sort of a, it was kind of a statistical analysis of Vikings and 49ers and and the 49ers love to use the middle of the field. They're not as much outside the numbers. They're they they're between the hash marks and between the numbers, and that's where they like to operate. Obviously, like their their star pass catcher is a tight end, and the Vikings with Eric Kendricks and with Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, the Vikings are really good inside the hashes. You can attack the Vikings on the outside if you can get Xavier Oates. That's an interesting. Nugget there. So you've got Rami's got 27 23 yep. Vikings. Yep. Judd's got 27 21. So basically the same thing. Vikings. And I had told you guys up until about 30 minutes before the show, I was leaning Vikings and I just, I, I, had, I had a theory in my head and I wanted to sort of double check with some research. And my theory is that sometimes teams that make huge jumps in regular season wins, teams that were garbage one year, and make a jump the next year, that they suffer from imposter syndrome. That they look like, all right, they've got it together and they're a well-oiled machine, but they can't kick the feeling that they were like 4-12 and or 3-13 and the year before, and therefore they get beat by more honed, confident teams that have just been together longer in the playoffs. And the San Francisco 49ers, that's my theory, and the San Francisco 49ers from 2018 to 2019 have had one of the biggest year-to-year improvements in NFL history, a nine-win improvement from 2018 to 2019. They were 4-12 and to 13-3. and And so I figured, let's go look at some other teams that made huge jumps from one year to the next, and how did they, did they really arrive in that season? Or did they kind of feast on a weaker schedule? Not to, not to take away the fact that, that these teams were, were, were very good the second season, but what happened when they met an actual team in the playoffs, and chips were on the table. And so I just went back the last 20 years and tried to find similar year-to-year improvements and how they fared in the postseason. The 1999 Colts, so Peyton Manning's second year, they went from 3-13 and to 13-3. and it's, it's one of, if not the only, bigger jumps and victories from one year to the next. They got beat at home in their first playoff game by the sturdy Tennessee Titans in the division round. Then the Titans went on to uh, go to the Super Bowl. The 2008 Dolphins, they went from 1 and 15 in 2007 to 11 and 5 and a division title. That was the year that Tom Brady got hurt in like week 1 or 2 and the Patriots also went 11 and 5 but the Dolphins had a tiebreaker. The they won Kessler, the division. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the Dolphins, they go from 1 and 15, huge jump to 11 and 5 in 2008, beat at home in their first playoff game by the Baltimore Ravens. 2012 Colts that was the down year between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, and uh, they they went from two and well that the year before was they went two and fourteen in that down year, jumped all the way to eleven and five, beat in their first playoff game by the Smash Mouth Baltimore Ravens, Chiefs two thousand thirteen two and fourteen to eleven and five, beat in their first playoff game by the Colts, and then my last example. The 2016 Dallas Cowboys were four and twelve in 2015. They went thirteen and three. The same the same jump as the San Francisco 49ers, a nine win jump, 
and they got beat in their first playoff game at home by the Green Bay Packers. Vikings 27, Niners 16 in this game tomorrow. Wow. They will get beat at home just like these other teams did in their first playoff game after arriving. And you said it's imposter syndrome. You said at the start of the show, this is as confident as you've been in a Vikings outcome. You didn't say the outcome this, at that this point. This is a thing that happens. It was a major league tease, but you said this is as confident as yeah. you've been in the outcome of a Vikings game, yeah. a big Vikings game in your life. Honestly, I mean, this is the only team, the only team that made a jump like this that actually paid it off by by like winning a, a game or two in the postseason, and, and this team won the Super Bowl, was the 1999 Rams were garbage in 1998, and then they became the greatest offense in history. And that's such an historical outlier example of a team that just, like that team was the best offense in the history of the NFL. The Niners are a really good team, but they don't have a title on them that says best blank in the history of the NFL. They're just a really good team, like, they, the, like these other teams on this list. If they played the defense that they played in the first 10 games for an entire NFL schedule, I think we'd be talking with them, not in a class with the Steel Curtain or the 85 Bears, sure. but Legion of Boom, uh, those Ravens teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think if they played 16 games at the level that they did the first 10, and there's a couple of reasons why they didn't, A, injuries, but B, their schedule got a lot tougher yeah. in the last six games. But that defensive unit, if they get back to that form that they were, that's a that's that's an identity. That That's a defense that is a backbone and, a, and good enough to be the identity of a football team and the reason that they win football games. So what do, what do the Vikings have to do tomorrow? To What do they absolutely have to do to win? And, and how much of the ask of those things is is a stretch, and how much definitely can be done. Dalvin Cook has to have a huge game. I think. I don't think that's a stretch. Yeah. Do, do you guys? Um, I mean, but but even just like showing Dalvin Cook right. matters too. But I, it's going to be imperative, I think, because if he shows, if you show him, that's important. But then if he starts to gash them, it scares them. The one thing that might be a little bit of a stretch that would concern me, and I'm curious about, is is San Francisco's defensive line is a pretty is a, a good front. And so my question becomes, can the offensive line of the Vikings maybe not be outstanding, but for them be really, really good? That might be a, that might be the stretch because everything else, assuming Thielen's okay to play, can probably be done, right? You know, George Kittle's a really good player, but the Vikings got Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks. So it's not like, oh my God, you're not going to match up against him. You can. It's going to be tough, but you can do it. I think the only thing I think of that might be a stretch that's going to be an ask that probably has to be made and fulfilled to win is for that offensive line to have a really, if nothing else, just a solid, solid game. But like the things that you just listed off for the Niners, the things that would be the Niners' strengths, the Vikings, it seems like the Vikings have pieces to to defend themselves And the Niners aren't great against the run. So the Vikings can definitely run the ball. Right, so the Vikings can run the ball. But the other two things you mentioned, you know, the weapons that San Francisco has offensively, like I just, you know, just listening to the Ringer podcast this week and listening to Purple Daily this week, the the Niners love to use the middle of the field. Well, you're entering Eric Kendrick's territory, Anthony Harris' territory. Yeah, well, that's you're killing. Yeah, right. And and so that, that I think, you know, the, the Niners' strength plays into a Viking strength. Uh, okay, defensive front. Yep, the Niners get after quarterbacks, and they put pressure on quarterbacks. But the Vikings, their defense to that is play action. Dalvin Cook, keep the defensive, quick, you know, play action, make you hesitate for a second, or quick hitting stuff to to Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. There's, there, I'm not saying that it's just like, oh, easy defense, but 
the things the Niners bring to the table, I don't look at any of them and think, my God, the Vikings have have no counterpunch to that no, I've been, thing. I've been saying all week that the thing that scares you most about the 49ers, and that is George Kittle, the Vikings are as equipped, if not better equipped, as anybody in the NFL to deal with that, and if not stop it, at least contain it. These two games that the Vikings have or will play, the only thing that I said that about, which is you can't stop it, Michael Thomas. And, and, they, did, and they did. Right, but yeah. I mean, that's the only... That was one I think we all said, how are you going to do that? Yeah, and they stopped Michael Thomas not by stopping Michael Thomas. They stopped Michael Thomas by getting to Drew Brees and making Absolutely. him roll out places he doesn't and want And that's to. the other thing about this game. And if you're a San Francisco fan, you could probably say the same thing about Cousins. But the thing that I keep coming back to, gents, about this game is really, really simple. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare me. Yep. Like, I just don't... Quarterback play, obviously, is so huge that if you do have a Breeze, Breeze scares you. He just does. Russell Wilson scares me. Mm -hmm. Seattle can have nobody else play. But if he plays, I'm scared. Jimmy Garoppolo, not saying he's not a good quarterback. I'm sure he's fine. Mm -hmm. But you don't look at him and think, oh, no. What if he does this? Yeah, You're dead. I would say the only yeah but to that would be we don't know. Like Jimmy Garoppolo... This is kind of his first couple years, really driving the car for the first time, and he's got a, an amazing winning record. But I think this would be the postseason, much like Tom Brady. If he's Tom Brady's heir apparent here, right, and he was Tom Brady's understudy, sure. you know, nobody in 2001, no one thought until until they were literally kicking the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl, nobody thought that about Tom Brady. And uh, this would be the postseason, I think, that Jimmy Garoppolo takes a step and sticks it to the if if he's if he's a dude if he's like a top 6 quarterback in the NFL at some point going forward this would be the postseason that he probably starts to show that i would think uh andrew tweets in and says how did phil Mackey not get a football sounder for that hot imposter take football there you go cuz he's in charge of his own sounders <laughs> hey real quick <laughs> that's why i just noticed something are we not doing QB cesspool challenge this week? I just noticed it's not on the rundown. Oh, uh, we, yeah, we, we are we done? Are we scrapping it? We, we overlooked it. We overlooked okay. it. Okay. Are we not doing it? I thought we were going to rank the quarterback. Johnson, so we would, sneak you, it in? would you like us to sneak in a quarterback cesspool challenge sure. when we, when we come? Well, we're not taking a break quite yet, but when we come right. back on the other side. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for the non sequitur. No, it, ju- it just dawned on me as I was looking down at the at the play sheet for the day. I well, thought we just stopped it. No, we can do it. No, because we did it last week. This week was going to be the last week. Oh, we'll, okay. We'll do it. We'll do it before we wrap with Roycey. Okay. Right. So you got you got a couple minutes uh, coming up here to get your picks in order. All right. Six oh, five one six four six. Ready to go. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Dave in South Carolina. What's going on with you, man? How you doing, guys? Good. How, how are you? How you feeling about tomorrow? What's up, Dave? I feel really well, Phil. I feel the same way you do. I have never been more relaxed and more confident in a in, in a Vikings game, and you know I've been. Had this now since uh, I told you guys '76. I remember the last Super Bowl loss sitting with my dad. So it's been a long time, but I feel good about it. I want to bring up one analogy. You remember how the Broncos, before they won the Super Bowl in '97, had this uh, same uh, loser mentality from their fans, right? We lost all those Super Bowls. Sure. Um, and I really think, and I've talked to Judd about this a lot, and Judd, I'm glad you're understood tonight. Is we talked about a new direction, right? And uh, a new a step for this franchise. Uh, either way, I was, uh, you know, I wanted it to move forward, and I think that, um, you know, a win like this, moving forward, win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I'm going even beyond tomorrow. Uh, I just think that 
um, it just takes this whole franchise and puts it in a whole new light, you know. And I think that that's the analogy I want to make is I think that where this is the right time. We don't want to bust things up anymore. We've got some continuity. And if we're going to do it, um, you know, in this day and age, I think this is probably going to be the right time. A couple of stats for you. Um, Vikings 40-0 and 0 under Zimmer when they have 30 or more carries. Um, we already know what the stat is when they, you know, hold a team. I think it's under 20, is it 21 points, 24 points? It's, it's pretty amazing and outstanding. Um, so all that said, I think there's a renewed confidence in Zimmer. Um, I think there's a big, big confidence in Cook and Cookie. And I think that those two guys um, are going to take us to the next level. And um, I'm predicting a special teams uh, touchdown wow. uh, tomorrow. And I'm predicting a two-point conversion throw to Brian O'Neill, the former tight end, <laughs> out of Pitt. That's why I'm – Are you writing that down? Are you writing that down, Dave? Woo! I want you to write it down. And also, Judd, Mackenzie Alexander on IR, yep. Nate Metters on the active roster. Yep. That's only for a couple of days because if they get this win, we bring back Terrence Newman. He has a week or two to get back into shape. And another added benefit, I, I'm calling that. I think it's going to happen. And – I'm feeling good, guys. I hope it works out. Awesome, man. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, Dave. Appreciate Hi, you. Appreciate you. Yeah, Vikings Vent Line. Dave's a regular on Vikings Vent Line. Uh, Vikings Vent Line right after that game tomorrow. It's going to be amazing either way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a couple more here. We got, we've got we had a couple people on hold here. Spencer in Vegas. What would a Vikings, hey guys, would a Vikings win mean to you tomorrow? Um, I think it's if it hasn't already, it's going to shut up the Kirk Cousins, doubter, Kirk Cousins doubter, doubters anymore. I mean, it's just all the crap he's been getting. I mean, he can't get it done in a big game. Look what he did last week. Yeah. I mean, everybody's saying as well, how are we going to be able to contain Kittle? Look what we just did to the Saints and Breeze and Thomas and Kamara. I mean, were you guys more confident about the game this week, or were you more confident about them last week, you know? Yeah, Spencer, but- thanks, for, thanks for calling in because we're just up against the clock here. It's hard to – that last question he just asked, it's tough because – your your confidence going into that Saints game was coming off of back to back losses, and they didn't you know they couldn't beat the Packers in Week 16. Your your confidence level this week starts with a win over the Saints on the road. So, of course, I think a lot of people are more confident going into this game. I hated the game. matchup though last week. I don't hate this matchup. I I've said this to me the path through the conference gets easier. The Saints game, to me, I didn't see how you were going to go into that stadium against that team, against Breeze and Thomas, and, and win. I saw no path. Here, I, I think we talked about this last week. I think we all said, I'd rather play San Francisco and much rather play Green Bay or Seattle. Much rather. It's the weirdest thing. I can't remember a football playoff path, which I felt this strongly about, that it grows at least through your conference, it seems to me to grow easier. Monday through Thursday last week, and really up until about 12.45 Friday when we got the news on Score North Live that Alexander and Mike Hughes would miss the game, I was ready to pick the Vikings, but I wasn't as confident about it as I am this 49ers prediction that I made this week. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this, which of course means they'll probably lose. This is the, <laughs> what we're doing here today, guys, right now. It's absolutely the kiss of death for the Minnesota Vikings. No apologies. Superstitious no Rami apologies. is predicting they lose because of what Rami and all of us are sitting here doing today on Score North Live. Amazing. Uh, uh, we, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the superstitious side of me, Judd, doesn't like oh, what's going you. on okay, here yeah, for the okay. Vikings. All right? Cool. Uh, we are Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Tomorrow, Judd and I will be hosting a two-and-a-half-hour pregame show 
right here on AM 1500 on the Score North app and on live.scorenorth.com from 1 o'clock until 3.30. Watch the game anywhere. Talk about it right here and come back and voice your opinions on Vikings Ventline right after the game is over. And then an aftermath special for three hours on Sunday morning as well, including Doogie taking your phone calls on a special Vikings Vent Line 9 to noon on Sunday. So we are super pumped for this weekend, and we've got you covered here at Score North. All right, we're going to come back here with a little divisional round quarterback cesspool challenge action, see if anyone wants to pick Kirk Cousins. But let's talk about financial planning for a second. Tondrick Wealth Management will help you set a plan to make sure you are on the right track financially for retirement. I don't care whether you're 30 or 60, there are things you can and should be doing to make sure you get to dictate what your life looks like in retirement. So many you think about retirement planning and financial planning and it's it's all about money in your head and really it's about freedom. That's what we're talking about here. Freedom to decide when you retire and 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 to know when you're going to retire based on how much you've saved and freedom to plan your life the way that you want down the stretch. And Dale Tondrick will give you a face-to-face relationship, and he will give you all kinds of expertise in that area. You can get a hold of Dale by visiting his website, myinvestingcoach.com. That's myinvestingcoach.com. Or call 952-401-1671. 952-401-1671. Mackie and Joe with Rami. Jonathan here with one last Score North download for the week. We'll just use it to remind you that Score North is all in on Vikings 49ers this weekend. Join Mackie and Judd for a special pregame show beginning tomorrow at 1 p.m. leading up to kickoff. Plus Vikings Ventline taking your calls immediately after the game. And a three-hour special aftermath show on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Watch the game anywhere. Talk about it here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app, which is free, according to Rami. I don't know how long that's going to last. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. We shall see. We shall see how long it's free for. Am my stuff still free today? Uh, it, yes. For now. For now? I'm working on that. That column I did today was pretty outstanding. Mackie, can't you just tell him his stuff is behind a paywall just to play? Why do I have to give away my predictions? Today on Score North Live, I said, let's just treat him like... You're not giving it away if it's in the 12th paragraph. Like a relative who's in a retirement home and they're convinced someone is stealing their money, you know, and there was no money there in the first place. People out to get me, okay? You just slip a 10 into the drawer. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. People out to get me. There's a lot of people out to get me on Twitter. Your money was there the whole time. Judd, your stuff is behind a paywall. We promise. Trust us. Okay. Cool. All right. That's more like it. It's okay, John. It's okay, John. <laughs> we'll set up a, we'll set up a go, GoFundMe for you and your hot takes on scorenorth.com. That would be great, wouldn't it? All right, let's fire this up, Jonathan. One final episode. It's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Each week, Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. Intercepted! The strip sacks. And the ball's out again! And the Bills recovered again! The ineptitude. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And that's the fifth interception today. And here's what's on the line, all right? 
since the original goal was for us to do 17 punishments, and we've done zero so far, just we've been we've been slacking. Despite my urging, for the first six weeks, I, I was saying... Well, you weren't exactly planning them up, okay? <laughs> I was saying, when do you want me to serve it? Let me know. The yeah, but thing, then you bristled at everyone we suggested. Yeah, I would like, do well, that. I don't get like a, a choice. No, I, I said I'd go to the musical. Don't, don't paint me to be difficult. You said I you said, wouldn't do like three I things. said I would go to the musical. I even said that I would... I would Play all road games when I go to the bathroom. If that was a penalty, that but you guys never ever <laughs> took me up on it. I just didn't want to be the guy who serves the penalty, and then the rest of you are like, ah, jokes on you. Nobody's serving penalties. Well, what we did decide on is mm-hmm. uh, ESPN.com had a list of fantasy football punishments, and we're gonna we're gonna pick one from that list or something like it. You want a few examples? Sure. We had the. We, I told you about the Waffle House challenge yesterday. There was a guy. Who went to go see cats while dressed as a cat? That's pretty funny. Um, we're not doing this just because I think I don't I don't think uh, I don't think legal would let us do this because of the risk. I just I just literally during the break watched a girl drink a melted stick of butter because she finished oh. in last place in her uh, fantasy oh. league. Well, why wouldn't legal let us do that one? Because it could kill you. Could die. I you, could literally wait, kill you. A stick of butter would kill you. I, I think that could kill you. A I, stick what of butter. It? Just drinking a straight stick of butter. Ugh. Is, is anybody it, is here it, willing to do that? I don't think it would kill I'm you out. right then. I think it might kill you down the road. I mean, like, yeah, I it think might it's, contribute it's, to it's, your it's, demise. It's problematic in terms of cholesterol and things like that. Twenty years from now, you might say I wouldn't be ha- having this heart attack right now if I hadn't drank that stick of butter twenty years ago. The guy had to walk around the mall in full oompa loompa gear, like head to toe. He had the whole outfit. Um, let's see here. Eat as many raw hot dogs as the corresponding oh, NFL that, week no, on, on Instagram. Is, no, live. no, no, no. I'm not doing anything that makes me that is There terrible. was the billboard I told you guys about yesterday. That's because you're rich. Um, he bought a billboard, right? Yeah, this yeah, guy that's... got... We can't do this now because the time has passed. Last place in my home league has to sit in Santa's lap with a sign. And uh, this guy sat in Santa's that's lap funny. with a sign that said, I suck at fantasy football. The whole family <laughs> that's funny. gathered around him with signs that saying, the worst last place in Easter suck. Bunny's coming up, isn't it? That's cute. Do you, did you go to visit the Easter Bunny? Is that a thing? There, that, Does he do malls? That's a thing. I just suppose so, right? Okay, do they have like e- giant Easter bunnies at oh, the mall? Terrifying. Easter bunnies are scary. Yeah, especially those old school ones that <laughs> that we lo- looked at a couple of years ago or last year. No thanks, I'm good. Their eyes bugging out. I really like that. This guy had to dress as Elsa from Frozen <laughs> for the Coral Springs <laughs> Holiday Parade. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Well, here's the so here's the stakes. Okay, because we're saying the loser. Of the whole season, now. whoever finishes in last place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just to clarify, are we are we because the whole goal here is to pick the crappiest quarterbacks in the NFL every single week, right? And Jonathan, by by that measure, did you update these because you won again? You won again this last week. I'll just yep. spoil it because we got to get to Royce here. You pull a two game, Jonathan. Right? I believe I believe that would be your eighth victory on the season. Yes, it would. Congratulations. All right, so Jonathan is the, is the winner. Judd has six victories. Rami has two, and I have Garbage. one. Garbage. So are we? Are we? Garbage. Are we going off of the standings that the win, like the win totals, right? That's what we should be doing. Jonathan won. He I thought won the Jonathan most. had like a scoring system. You guys told me that the the standings were being decided by some sort of scoring system. Like well, he got points. For yeah, he first. does. He does. He got points for second. He, he does. Got, okay. So I think sc- that's what we should go by. So and he's updating it right now. Okay. So drum roll here. All right. So here's the scoring system going into the last week. All right. What? Jonathan with 53 points, and he, he has mathematically won. Yeah. Right. He's won. He's, in, he's clinched first place. Judd with 45 points has clinched the silver medal. Yeah. Myself, Phil Mackey, and Rami Maklov 
are deadlocked at 36. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, 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 all right. So, Jonathan and I can just sit back and watch the carnage as we yes. make our picks. But you, you also will be picking this week. So it could alter who we wind up picking. And we go in reverse order of last oh. week's standings. Is Cat still in theaters? I say going to see Cats dressed like a cat. It's pretty hilarious. It's pretty terrible. And hilarious. Do the rest of us have to go with you? Because I really I'm, I, have listen, no intention if, if of seeing that If it's Rami dressed up as a cat, movie. I'm in. I will go with you. I will I go with you. I want to see that creepy looking movie. I'll dress up as a dog and terrorize Perhaps you. Perhaps you could go together. <laughs> or the Oompa Loompa thing. Like, just go to Mall of America, walk around like a Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Well... One of us, and there can't be a tie because we're going to get points right. awarded. Yeah. So one of us is going to be the loser here. Mm-hmm. So last week, Jonathan correctly identified Carson Wentz as garbage, and uh, he wound up getting hurt. Had a 5.5 QBR on a 1 to 100 scale. Uh, I had Ryan Tannehill, who was pretty bad, 38.8, but good enough to win. Uh, Tom Brady was Rami's pick. He uh, ushered up a 40.6 QBR. Jub was the loser last week. Kirk Cousins was amazing, seventy-seven point eight QBR. I'm at Drew Brees. So, you, <laughs> so we'll fly through this. You can only pick quarterbacks that you haven't picked already this season, and obviously, there's only eight playing this weekend, so the choices are limited. And we will start in reverse order of last week's standings: Jonathan, Rami, me, and then Judd. So I start. Yep. I, I do not believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, that I have picked Ryan Tannehill this season. Is that accurate? I am not seeing him on your list. Then I'll just take him. Uh, Sorry, and I listed those standings wrong. So, Rami, you go next. I go next. Give me Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. I'm gambling on the uh, Vikings defense to bring this thing home. And by this thing, I mean a third-place finish, so I'll have to serve whatever penalty we come, come to. Wow. All about you. So basically, I'm left with like Hall of Famers and Kirk Cousins. Yep. <laughs> what are you going to do? So you got Jimmy Garoppolo. I got Jimmy G. All right, I'm going to hedge. I'm going to hedge everything I just predicted at 5 o'clock. Oh, Kirk. wow. Have I picked Kirk Cousins right this season? Uh, let's see here. I'm I have not. I have not. I'm picking Kirk Cousins. I'm hedging. All right, give me Kirk. Come on, so baby. it comes down to Garoppolo versus Cousins. Yep. <laughs> Outstanding. So this game just means even more for both for the both of you. This is amazing. Oh, and Jonathan, you get the final pick just for fun here. Uh, See if you can rack up your ninth win of the season. You know what? I'm going to try and go for my ninth win of the season with uh, give me Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, looking for a garbage performance. Wait, I think you took him this year. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I have not. No. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Doesn't no. matter. No, it doesn't. He's matter. already won. Well, it's it's about, the race is between Rami and myself. It's about me and Phil. I'm sorry. I was being petty. Yep. All right. Vindictive. <laughs> uh, Patrick Royce, what, uh, what does your crystal football say is going to happen tomorrow? I believe the 49ers will win. Uh, 50, Hold on. Uh, Pat's phone is uh, a little garbled there, Jonathan, if we could... See what uh, what the deal is down in Florida. He did a he sent me a video yesterday from him like, to? in his in I don't know it was just kind of a sample video. Oh okay. But we you might just like Morning Judd has taken over the Twitter sphere. We might get a little like Fort Myers Pat here in the next couple of weeks. All right, Pat, do we got gotcha? you? How's it sounding now? Is it better? That's better. Way Beautiful. Better. It's better. Okay. All right. All right. It's a little cool outside, so I came inside today. I usually do this outside, plus the wind's howling. So uh, it's it pretty miserable down here. Cloudy and windy. What the hell? Who can put up with I'm this? so miserable. I feel for you. So Cloudy miserable. I'm bleeding for I, you. Uh, to answer your question, though, I think the 49ers are a step up on the uh, on the uh, Saints, and I think it's going to be tough to win tomorrow. 
you're getting out there five days after you played, and San Francisco has a much better defense. And uh, I doubt if the Vikings' offensive line will hold up as well against the 49ers as it did against the Saints. And uh, I think it, now I'm not a big Garoppolo fan. And, uh, you know, if you get off to a good start against him, he could get uh, very uh, nervous. But uh, I'd call the quarterback uh, battle even, and I I just think the Saints are a little better with the uh, Vikings uh, having their troubles in the secondary there with the with the injuries they have, and Rhodes is going to have to play all the time. And I, I don't know, I kind of like the 49ers. So what you saw last week and Mike Zimmer winning the the chess match with Sean Payton or excuse me with with yeah with Sean Payton and shutting down Drew Brees that didn't do anything to convince you that they can hold down Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh yeah, I, I mean I'm, I'm not saying that it's just, they're going to blow them out or you know beat them up like they did uh, like they did the Saints, but uh, I, I just think the 49ers are better, and I think the Vikings. Uh, I think it'll be a bigger upset if they win uh, tomorrow than it uh, was uh, winning in uh, New Orleans, no matter what the point spread set. And I also, I know I've been in the Superdome and the fans get all excited and blah blah blah. I've never bought that crap really that. Uh, that, oh, it's so tough to play down there and uh, all that. I, I just think uh, I think games are won on merits, not on, not on, by the way the crowd reacts. So I, I do not buy the idea that it was a tougher challenge last week than this week. Now, if Zim can uh, find two weak inside guards and run through them like he did with Griffin and uh, Hunter last week, then, uh, then they got a shot. But I, I don't know. I think the 49ers are good. Uh, what the, the the scenario that I think all of us uh, have decided we're rooting for is Vikings Packers NFC Championship game. These two teams have both been really good for like thirty years. The Vikings have been good mostly for longer, uh, and they've only faced each other twice in the playoffs and never after the divisional round. Pat, so that could be a fun scenario if it happens. Yeah, it would. I you know the uh, the Packers Eagles could be playing in a blizzard. Is that right? There's supposed to be a big snowstorm, right? I, yeah, yeah, I believe that is Correct. the case. I I don't think they're a lot. You know, the Eagles are. You know, they got about half their team, and they're all banged up. I mean, the Seahawks have got about half their team, and they're all banged up. But uh, uh, they got Russell, and they're you know the nastier, lousier the game is, the lousier the weather is. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle beat them. Would you? Would anybody be no, that shocked? No, no. If Wilson wins, yeah. it won't su- surprise me one bit, Patrick. No, no. I uh, I, I would uh, not say it's the same. Green Bay is a favorite, but uh, if I was them, I wouldn't be uh, looking ahead. But, yeah, sure, that would be fun. It would be great. And uh, I, I can guarantee you it would be the late game, too, and they would hope for another blizzard. That's good TV. <laughs> They love putting teams in bad weather, don't they? Those sadists that run the NFL. <laughs> yeah, because it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch people struggle in uh, the snow. It's great. And in general. Yeah, this, is, this isn't a hard enough game. This isn't a hard enough game to play. It should be 10 below like it was with the Vikings. Hey, we want more ice balls, Pat. That's what yeah. we want, more ice balls. I don't know. I kind of like, you know, I've always been a big fan of, like, the Orange Bowl or something. You know, it's like 70. Three degrees and uh, that kind of stuff. I always like weather, football, and good weather. Don't look. N- yeah, sorry, Pat. The, the NFL doesn't. So, don't look now, Roycey. 
But the Timberwolves are red hot, three of four. They beat Golden State, Cleveland, and Portland now. Timberwolves basketball, the system's working. They're playing great defense. Without Cat, who's never coming back. Well, they they play much better defense without him. What What is the deal? Are we going to like amputate that leg? Is he going to have a good peg leg? Is he going to look like Bill Beck? Bill Beck here? What yeah, his de- and his on? defense will be about the same. <laughs> uh, you know what? Portland's got to be one of the biggest flops in the league, aren't they? What the hell? They got the same record as the Timberwolves, right? They, uh, I mean, everybody thought they were. They let them out about three of their guys walk, and uh, I guess they had all their money tied up at Lillard and McCollum, and, uh, and now they got that stiff white side in there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a big flop. But uh, but the Wolves have had, the Wolves have made a couple of three pointers in the last couple of games. So that and Wiggins decided to have a big game. Yeah, I mean, you know it's kind of a last-ditch effort when uh, Carmelo Anthony is signed to be your savior, and <laughs> that's that's your that's the card that you're going to play. They're 16-23. and 23. We didn't have a Portland. chance to talk about Jimmy. Jimmy Cole. Oh, yeah. On, uh, Wednesday night, and then Thursday, Wednesday night, basically threatening uh, uh, Ty Warren's life the next time they play each other. Man, he's goofy, but I bet they love him in Miami because they're uh, what they get the second best record in the East, right? Yeah, Miami. Yeah, but he's uh, he was crazy. That was uh, that was funny. That was uh, that, that was quite the soundbite. They were playing that all over the Florida sports stations. Jimmy basically, yeah, wait a wait till we Pat, what? that date circled in the calendar. You know, uh, he, something just flashed across the bottom that he was fined thirty five thousand dollars for this. I'm sure. I'm sure his wallet's really going to feel that. What are the uh, What are the, the the South Florida sports radio options when you're down there? What kind? What, 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 uh, well, what? there's one. Uh, there's one station that's uh, that's centric, I believe. That's got. Uh, there's a couple of local shows. And then a lot of, uh, you know, I listen. The only time I really listen much is Levitard in the morning. And, uh, he, you know, he's got, he's, he's got that. But Levitard's on the station and they got their own morning. They got their own local show. But those two guys are pretty, uh, pretty, uh, straightforward hitting the, uh, the, more the national stories than the local stories. They're big on hitting the national mm. stuff. So, All right, so Miami, you know, they, you got some many transplants. Yeah, Myers and stuff. Well, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye and uh, let your 49ers prediction ring here and see what happens tomorrow. You're welcome to call, by the way, Pat from South Florida on Ventline. The vent lines will be open. This for a is long the man who, who don't forget went on with Mel Kiper two years ago and predicted the Vikings would go to Philadelphia and roll. So yeah. this might actually be a good thing. Uh, it wasn't even a debate in my mind. Until I saw the first 10 minutes. The fact that two great football guys, Kuiper and Royce, were talking about a sport they both love really did my heart. It warmed the cockles of my heart. I am more worried about my guy Ed Orgeron on Monday. I'm I'm rooting for my old LSU Tigers, man. That's my my big uh, goal in this weekend, to get a national championship for that goofball. (laughs) That would be be pretty fun. He's great. Watch that guy celebrate with him. Bunch of Cajuns. All right, Pat. We'll talk. We'll talk on Monday. See you. See you, Jen. All right. Wrapping with Royce here. Uh, let's actually. We've had a couple guys on hold who wanna... came back. It did. That was good. Yeah. Uh, Josh in Oregon. What would a Vikings win mean to you tomorrow? Well, I, I'm kind of feeling like it's not going to happen. I, I got to probably side with Royce. I mean, we've got. We spent the whole week. You guys all predicted the Vikings. 
Um, it just feels like everybody in the state's getting themselves excited and, and feeling like we should win, and we're just in for a huge letdown. Uh, I, I mean, look, we haven't the, the Twins have won a World Series more recently than the Vikings have won two consecutive playoff games. So I'm going to try to try to uh, keep Scary. my expectations as tempered as as possible. I mean, I do think there's we've all laid it out. There's there's plenty of reasons why I think they can win. Probably when you think about it, the real key is is Jimmy G. If if he kind of goes out and performs like we think he is, I think the Vikings could win. But if on the flip side, he's just making third down conversions, we're getting frustrated. It could, it could be a long day. But to your question, what would it mean for the Vikings? To my point earlier, and, and you think about Zimmer, I, I think if he wins this game, it probably cements him as the second best coach in Vikings history besides Bud Grant. So pretty amazing to go from talking about getting fired or getting traded, uh, you know, two weeks ago to that. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Denny was a good coach. He, he lost four straight wild card games before he got his first one. So I, yep. I think that's, uh, that, that's probably where it puts them. All right. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Josh. In, uh, in Josh so, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? I you think that's exactly what we needed. I think he's exactly what the Vikings needed. Just to, need to level the playing field a little bit as far as the expectations for the Vikings on Saturday. I think he did. Josh yeah. basically <laughs> made the same call to Ventline, I think, yesterday, and he just sounds way down. I think he's doing it as a yet. service to the Vikings. Yeah, well, that that, we that's why that, he that we don't the guy give, today. That we don't give him the kiss of death with too much positivity. He's just doing his part for Viking Nation. I accused, uh, I believe it was Dave from upstate New York called today. And he's he did the same bit, and I said you're doing this on purpose. You're doing this because you're trying to you're trying to sway things. So there's you're convincing us they can't win because you desperately want them to win and actually yeah. think they're going to win. Well, but if you call me and you're all excited in your mind, they'll lose. I mean, then we should probably just let let, let the show end on that note that there's yeah, no, no chance. No Vikings chance, history guys. would suggest that they are going to get destroyed. How tomorrow. remarkable is his stat though? And he's right. Phil Mackey, you were three years old the last time that this team won consecutive in yeah. the same playoff season games. That's amazing. And, you know, Think nine, about that because a lot of you know, like the the heartbreak years, they get a buy in the wild card round, then they win their divisional round and get beat in the NFC Championship Correct. game, right? Correct. Ninety eight, oh nine, two thousand seventeen, yep. two consecutive wins. Eighty seven, New Orleans, San Francisco lost to Washington. Yeah, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Well, if you if you get two consecutive wins. And you win your division and get a buy in the first one. You get to the Super Bowl, so then obviously they have a bit. It's not that surprising when you start to break it down. Like they just ninety eight or two thousand nine, you couldn't have got there. They get smoked in the NFC Championship game, but we'll see what happens now. Or they, or they miss a field goal or throw a key pick. And uh, a reminder: we are doing a two and a half hour pregame show tomorrow from one until three thirty, right here on Score North. And right after the game is over, watch the game anywhere you want to. Talk about it here with us. We've got your backs after the game is over. Judd and I will be taking your phone calls on Vikings Vent Line for God knows how long tomorrow. And uh, we'll see what happens. Should be a super fun game. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North app also to read Matthew Collar's work out in Santa Clara. We'll see you tomorrow.